You're listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 172, featuring special guests, my friends and husband and wife duo, Annabelle Fox and Douglas Waterbury Teeman. Let's get started. My name is Maggie Barra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com forward slash podcast. You can follow me for more tips on the actor lifestyle at Actor Aesthetic or my personal profile at Maggie Barra. All links are in the show notes. Now, please, let's get on to the show. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you to hear this episode today. And before I introduce you to my guests, let me just give you a little bit of a background as to why we're talking about this, why this is so important for 2023, and what I want you to take away from this episode. Many of you listening today are either performers or parents or relatives of performers. And something that I think is so magical is when a performer creates their own work. There are very few out there that actually do this and follow through with this and succeed, and Douglas Waterbury Teeman is one of them. In a moment, you'll hear just how his brand new musical, Johnny and the Devil's Box, became a fully produced musical, and the music is unlike anything you've ever heard on Broadway. Now, I first met Annabelle, who just so happens to be Douglas's wife and an incredible actress and singer and performer. Before the pandemic, I saw her at auditions all the time. She was always hustling, and I've always had so much respect for her. Annabelle performed off-Broadway in the musical No Strings and regionally across the country at theaters like North Shore Music Theater, Theater of New Canaan, Studio 10, but she also originated the role of Abigail King alongside her husband in their new musical. Her husband, Douglas, performed off-Broadway in The Robber Bridegroom, regionally in Once and Sunset Boulevard. On TV, he was featured in Succession, and he has a very rich background in music. Now, if you're thinking about creating new work or participating in the creation of new work, I think this episode is going to be really, really important for you to tune into. You'll hear from the creators just how new musicals are born, the developmental process of the show, and just what it takes to make an idea a reality. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy our show. I was born back in the mountains. Not a nickel to my name. But when I start to fiddle, it'll put them all to shame. Douglas and Annabelle, it's so awesome to have you both today. I'm really excited to chat about your new musical. If you just want to start off, Annabelle, and then Douglas, tell us who you are and what you're looking forward to this year. Well, I met Maggie on the grind in New York City, and um, I lived there from 2015 to 2020 when I left the, you know, the pandemic and, you know, worked regionally, worked off Broadway, worked off, off Broadway. Um, I guess my first like equity job where I got my card was the theater works tour. And I took my card from that six month national tour. And then from there I went on to do 
Magnolia and Showboat, which was my first huge equity lead at the Alhambra Dinner Theater. Um, and then Kathy Seldon and Singing in the Rain at Summer Theater of New Canaan. The last thing I did in the city before leaving the city was Jeanette and No Strings off Broadway with J2 Spotlight. And it was such a dream. I played this French secretary and um, it was just such a fun role and like was in all French. I never thought that I would play a role like that, but my mom is a French teacher. And so I give her the full credit uh, for being able to play that role. But um, I think at the time, I just had no idea how like truly lucky I was. I was mm. producing a Little Women concert. I was doing that show. Um, I think we produced some other concert together. We yeah. were doing Johnny readings. We were in auditions for Johnny that was, you know, going to go to Goodspeed and we were so busy. And I just mm. remember looking back, like not complaining, but just being so tired all the time. And it's like, little did I know that the world was going to shut down literally a month later. Um, and so I think in hindsight, it's such a good reminder to just always be present in that moment that you're given because you just don't know when you're going to get the opportunity to perform again. Um, and so I'll pick up. Yeah. No, no, I'll I'll pick up. Up. <laughs> I should, because that's like, that gives such a great sense of where we were in New York City yeah. and like sort of what our life was as professional actors. Before that, we we were talking about this today, how we both started doing theater, playing orphans. Yeah. Annabelle was <laughs> Annie and I was Oliver, both like, you know, in the early <laughs> elementary 2000s, school. elementary, middle school time. And so we've been, you know, bringing that life of theater all mm-hmm. the way through our, our you know, when we met at Belmont University, we were in the musical theater program. When, you know, Annabelle was still in school, I had graduated and was doing shows sort of around the country and creating work in New York and doing all kinds of things. But it was always theater. Like we would come Mm -hmm. to see each other for shows. Like I went back to Belmont to see Annabelle do Singing in the Rain and her senior recital. And then she would come up to New York and then we were both living in New York and we're making work and we're doing work. We're traveling to see each other's shows. I went on a cruise ship playing fiddle and then like I went to Nebraska once to see Annabelle yeah. you know the theater has really not only sort of made our uh careers but it's also very much made our lives and who yeah. we are and travel so, like it, it yeah it like created as you know it created so many like opportunities for travel and like exploring different cities based right. on whatever contract we were on and and really like prioritizing you know seeing each other in the shows if we could yeah and And then with the pandemic, of course, even the thing that brought us to Nashville was sort of based around theater because our show, Johnny and the Devil's Box, we decided to come to Nashville to make an album. Um, And because we loved Nashville, I I always say we didn't fall back Nashville. We fast forward to Nashville. (laughs) We all love here at some some point. Yeah, we fell in love with Nashville and we went to Belmont and obviously that's where we met and fell in love. Yeah. And we just, I think when you're in when you're on the grind and you're in the hustle and you're so in it and so busy, like I was saying, it's like, it's really hard to imagine a life outside of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, and so I think like we were always thinking, Oh, we'll start a family, you know, in five years or we'll do this in five. Years. Like yeah. it was always just the, the five-year timeline just kept like staying the same, <laughs> even though like years would go by. That's a, that's a good <laughs> you know? And then it wasn't until literally we had, we didn't really have a choice, you know, yeah. like the pandemic just stopped everything and it really forced us to assess what we want, yeah. and, like where we want to be in five years, finally having that like reevaluation moment. Right. We have a little baby boy. He just turned eight months old. 
His name's Oliver. We have a dog. We have a dog. We always wanted a dog. So we're we're feeling very lucky. And then we just had our regional premiere of Johnny and the Devil's Box at the Cumberland County Playhouse here in Tennessee. And um, that has been such um, a dream come true for both of us. Looking forward, like like you asked, it's like, to be completely honest, I don't exactly know what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. But we got this far with what we've (laughs) been doing. So I am trying to feel encouraged and faithful and hopeful that by keeping doing what we've been doing some you know the right the right next thing will be there for both of us i'm so worn and wearied from living poor as sin i'll go town turn it around when they hear me fiddling oh i can play this fiddle i play it fancy free said the devil in hell can fiddle it well but he ain't got nothing on me I think because the run was so successful and we received so much validation, we feel that much more empowered and like encouraged going Mm -hmm. forward. Like there's such a driving force now, like even though we don't know exactly what the next year, two years looks like, I think it's kind of refreshing to not know because we really did not know exactly how the premiere was going to go. We didn't know how the run was going to go. We didn't know how the cast was going to become like a family. Like it's just so cool to really like, you know, manifest and hope that something happens and then and like, do the work. And we had to do the work, work obviously, but years to, to, to be able to have faith and confidence in what we've done yeah. now is really, it's a gift. Yeah. It's really great. So you started development. It seems like around 2017, but I have a feeling even before that, am I wrong? Yeah. I, I say 2014 was when I really put pen mm-hmm. to paper. There were about two or three years leading up to when we, when we started sort of having things to share in 2017. So 2017, I was invited to the Johnny Mercer Writers Grove at Goodspeed Opera House in in Connecticut. And that was the first time an outside entity, theatrical entity, looked at the work and said, yes, you know, keep going. Um, We want to see more of this. And in that week of the writers retreat, I wrote 75 pages and that was the start of the script. And, um, from there, we've had the script a, has changed so much, which I can is, only imagine. Which is, yeah, it's crazy to think and to, then to look at shows that you love, right? That you've that you maybe performed in or, or whatever, and and think about, oh my goodness, how many how many different drafts were there of The Music Man or you know West Side Story? What how many? Yeah. It's a long process, and yeah. it's so I feel it's interesting because I feel like even I understand or I appreciate musical theater even more having come at it from this angle because this is not the angle that I thought I would be involved with the industry I very much saw myself as a just a performer um but I digress because the development of Johnny has taken us all over the place um and it's been really incredible to get to meet so many different people and the thing that I've been encouraged to do is think of it as a family and so we call it the friends of Johnny anybody who's so you're you are now (laughs) in the family it's not a cult I promise well it's a little bit (laughs) like maybe a little bit that's okay that's okay but there's not the full blank so it's one of the good cults Yes. <laughs> I'll be the corresponding secretary of the cult. How about that? Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Lots of bluegrass. So, yeah. you know, that's that's the best kind. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been incredible to watch this community grow and watch this family grow and feel like we have so many people with us, you know, like on our team, on our side, because mm-hmm. it is scary looking into the void of like, well, where do we go with this show next? Mm-hmm. Um um, and so we can always sort of lean back on each other, but also on everybody who has helped us be at a reading or a concert. Like we've yeah. done three concerts at Rockwood Music Hall, Spitball, some other things I can't 
Yeah, ah, uh, we did a twenty-nine hour reading with Studio Ten. Yes, wow. here in the, the drama league, right? Like rough draft residency in the city with did some a choreography. Concert, concert series at Goodspeed by yes. the river. Um, I mean, we were supposed to do a workshop, and then that was canceled because the pandemic. I right. mean, like there were a lot of things, you know, on the what docket? Yeah, on the docket that, that we were set to do in twenty twenty that we yeah. had to cancel, but then we like ended up doing them in a new way. So we were supposed to go yeah. to 80 players in Houston, Texas and do a 29 hour. Um, and so that was canceled. It took a year, but wow. we did end up doing the wow. full script all over a Zoom reading. And they yeah. got funding to do this incredible thing. We got to work with the actors we'd always wanted to work with um, because they could be anywhere in the country and still be involved. So, That's you know, very, you got like, to roll with the punches. Insane to do it as a Zoom reading. But yeah. like, yeah. again, like with the pandemic, you just you had to think outside of the box, right. you know, like, and it did, it gave us the, it gave us practice. It was like right. practice to yeah. just get, get more acquainted with the characters, more acquainted with the script, make more changes with the script and the mu- learn get the music, really good and tracks so, of the music. Yeah. So it's been great. And did the uh, pandemic affect the script or did it affect the music in any way? Oh, great. <laughs> That's such a good question. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and this is, yes, in many ways it's happened, but in one specific way in this story is that I think it's a good good way yeah. to sort of crystallize it all down. So in 2021, I yeah, I think 2021, March, yeah, um, we, I needed to write, I needed one more song to add to the script for Annabelle's character, Abigail, to sing as her sort of like, like aha. Yeah, aha It's moment. an 11th hour number, kind of, but it's also uh, it's a real self-actualization moment. Really, now she knows what yeah. her purpose is. Um, it's kind of like an I want and an I am song in mm. one, sort of at the end of the show. And I wanted it to be really, I've tried to write songs in every different genre sort of of country folk music throughout the script. So there's like a gospel song, there's a bluegrass song, there's an old timey song and, and so on. And I wanted like a pop country song to ra- round it out at the end of the thing. And I, Dolly Parton was always kind of the, like if, if a song that Dolly would sing would just be amazing. Yeah. So I had sort of a melody idea and I had kind of an idea for a chorus, but I couldn't quite put it all together. So um, we had, we got the Moderna vaccine and after our second, it was our second booster and Annabelle got so oh. sick, right? Oh, in the sick. God. So I'm taking care of her thinking, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to get sick. Right, like, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of you, babe. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, and then 12 hours later, I like kind of felt this thing coming on. Like she's had the fever. She's been on the couch. I'm like, Oh, oh. so I, I had been doing some thinking about the song just cause I do that all the time. And then I had this like outpouring of ideas and it just was like, I don't know, in this feverish state is like, Oh, <laughs> click. there it is. Just because, and the, the song is called just because, so it's, it's so just because good. I'm small doesn't mean I'm weak just because the whole thing. And just came out, I just wrote it down, and then I like passed out. You know, right? So, honestly, I record, I literally I have the recording, I sang it into my phone, and I was like, it's done. And, and, <laughs> like Amadeus just died, no, just fell asleep. And um, so then, subsequently, after I'm feeling better, whatever, we found out that one of the key donators to make the Baderna vaccine possible was Dolly Parton. So wow. I like to say it's her, she and 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 it's it is a Dolly esque song. The song is so, so Dolly. I like, say, I 
her musical genius was pumped right into my veins. Consider her a co-writer. <laughs> how funny, but also how insane. Yeah. I mean, I was wow. when I asked you that question, I did was not expecting that response. So. <laughs> So as of recording this today, the last performance that you guys did was just this past month in December um, at Cumberland County Playhouse. Now, I imagine that's the most produced the show has been so far. It's a black box theater with a thrust. Is that how you describe yeah, it? Yeah, it's a large black box and they can configure the seating how they want. The Call way we the did adventure was, theater. We did a three-quarter thrust. I think. Okay, so it seats 225 and we were obviously monitoring the ticket sales. Yeah like weeks in advance, just kind of like giddy. And before we had opened, we'd sold out several matches. Wow. And so I think that kind of gave us some insight into how this run was going to go. I think where the theater is located, like that community, it's like such a show that resonates with obviously the South, you know, it's, uh, it's, and oh, they have so many actors, musicians, actor musicians in that theater. The way the Cumberland Playhouse mm. is run is it's it's a non-equity theater, um, but it, but it is also it's a in a rep company, and there are a lot of people that live in Cumberland County and people who have made their careers as actors being able to f- perform every day of their lives, basically. Yeah, um, And just do theater. It's an incredible place. I I performed there right out of college back in 2012 and could knew at that time that this is a really special thing. Um, in the interim of being gone over the 10 years, there, uh, there was a leadership change. And so um, Bryce McDonald, Britt Hancock, and Wesley Webster um, are sort of are leading the, the, leading the charge there. And they're doing an incredible job. Bryce... Um, who's the producing director, he and I have been talking about bringing Johnny to their audience for a long time because he knows, um, you know, who I am having performed there. He knows that it's a bluegrass musical. He knows, you know, what the story has to say about community and about music and and family. And he was yeah, like, this, we want to bring this he show. We, it was gonna he said years ago, he said, yeah. I want the, the premiere of Johnny in the wow. Nose Box to be the Cumberland Playhouse. So the power of his faith in me, no, in the truly. show, truly unbelievable. I was just going to say, like, I've learned faith, so much from him like, in mm, this process. The going, like, tying back in with, like, pandemic stuff and just, like, delays and, like, Bryce, you know, he gave us his word. He was like, right. we're doing this show. And, and we did. And we we were like, okay, yeah. like taking his word for it. But like, you know, I think there's so many triggers of just like feeling insecure or doubting or like, is this actually going to happen? Like right. things have been canceled. Like we've had our hearts broken multiple times. Like, mm. I don't know. And But and, our hearts grew three sizes like- that day. <laughs> <laughs> we could, we could, we've come back roaring. Yeah. And to sort of answer your question about the process, one of the things that was was amazing was to have our music supervisor, Scott Wasserman, on board mm. the entire time, which was something that Bryce said from the beginning yeah. he wanted to make sure it could happen. And he did the fundraising and everything to, to make it possible. And having, you know, a New York City uh, Broadway level um, artist to mm. be there to answer questions, yeah. to be boots on the ground the whole time was incredible. And yeah. Scott... Uh, and he's meticulous i mean and and the expectations were high and i really believe the cast it rose to the occasion it rose the occasion and and scott has said it and it's so exciting that so that caliber was met it was a very special production and it gives us the confidence and the excitement to Mm -hmm. to to find the next one and we sold out all all we had 12 performances that sold out they added a 13 it sold out people just kept coming back bringing their families they were buying their kids they were buying tickets to see it again at intermission 
Hmm. Their first it was just like it was such a dream come true in so many different ways. Yeah. It was a dream that like it's so fun to talk about this. We got to do the show. <laughs> it was a dream that it sold out. It was a dream that like we got to do it together. It was yeah. a dream that like it's my first time performing postpartum. I love that you mentioned how how um family centered the show is, the cast was, the audience was, and honestly, you guys are. I think it's like what a beautiful circle. Um okay. Which makes it all that more important. And I, I'm curious because we haven't even really talked about yet the story of the show. If you could give me just a, yeah. you know, a brief rundown of the show. And, yeah. you know, we already know a little bit about the music. Right. Yeah. Um, so the story is about sort of over overarching theme is the power of music to bring people together and the power that music has to get people to dance. And that the dance and music and singing together are some of the strongest tools we have kind of as people to make community, also to heal old wounds and, and like sort of reimagine what our societies can be like. So there's- And um, families. And like, families. There's like, you know, there's a lot of dysfunction in the show. Yeah. Like and, and families and characters. And, and how the stories of the family and can re bring people together and, yeah. and the truth of what actually happened versus, you know, silence or, or keeping things inside. It's really about opening up. Mm -hmm. is the other thing and and using your gifts to help other people so the main character his name is johnny he's one of the main characters this guy and i play johnny <laughs> this iteration i'm playing johnny for now um and so johnny is a fiddle player and he wants to be the best fiddle player in the state of georgia in the whole world he thinks and so he um follows that pride at the expense of doing what his adopted grandfather wants him to do, which is to play the fiddle so that people can dance. So he's mm -hmm. constantly sort of at odds with this, like, do I stay and support my community with my music or do I go and make a name for myself and be famous? And um, then there's Annabelle's character who has just come to town um, because she and her father have had sort of a financial falling out. And so mm -hmm. they are, she's trying to figure out who she is and because her, her father won't talk about her mom and come to find out her mom was from this community actually. And she actually was very involved in the community. And you find out why Abigail is so drawn to the dance and to the music. And so she, she has to figure that out for herself. And there's there's some really powerful moments of like tension between father and daughter and also like of coming together at the end. It's really, he really beautiful. Thinks he's like doing the right thing and protecting her and right. keeping, keeping, you know, some truths away from her. But like the ultimate, the most powerful thing is finding out the truth at the end of the story. Right. and and really coming to terms with who she is and her yeah. past and you know how her mother and what her mother loved like informs a lot of who abigail is yeah. and, and and abigail really like helps, helps johnny. johnny to see so it's all these different yeah. families kind of playing mm -hmm. together and figuring out like what it is and annabelle brings up the, the point about her dad um you know it's another type of pride the pride of thinking that you know better than somebody else and so really the other theme of the piece is is this pride and like how that brings us into ourselves, how pride, um, thinking you're better than, or thinking you know somebody just by looking at them and thinking mm. uh, that's the sun, then just because, just because um, you look at someone doesn't mean you know everything about them, basically. And so that's this scene that sort of gets figured out. And then the and then on top of all of that, you have this like mythical story like, don't forget of, about the devil. Right, of how that there's another fiddle player in this universe and it's the devil himself which is this 
very old story that goes back. I can talk about that for hours, but it's like this mythical uh, European sort of story that was came into the hills of Appalachia and became this this thing, this idea that the, the fiddle is the devil's box because it makes people want to dance and dancing leads to other things. Dancing is a sin, you know, in some sects of Christianity, other religions, whatever. So anyway, we've got the devil who is like pride incarnate, right? It's like everything about me, 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 me. That's sort of why he was thrown out of heaven if you're like read John Milton and, and those types of stories. So the devil is now chasing Johnny because he sees Johnny as a, a as a um a foil, like somebody who's gonna, he says, Johnny says, the devil in hell may fiddle it well, but he ain't got nothing on me. And boom, the devil appears. So there's this, there's, you know, there's this tension and this whole thing. And then of course at the end there's a fiddle duel and it's um it's pretty awesome. It's really, it's really <laughs> cool. And so yeah, the devil is really the one that's um that is flaming the like right. fueling the fire, fueling the fire. For, for Johnny to go for his pride to like go to Nashville to go you know right. to try his hand at the Ryman and, and all these things. I mean, when you see the show, you'll find out. But right. you know, all these lead to his ultimate right the like, choice that he has to make, which is to play the fiddle so that people yeah can dance. yeah to bring communities together, to bring families together, to bring create love. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, Johnny and Abigail fall in love. Yes, yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> You know what? Funny segue, though, because I was going to ask how much, you know, as the creator of the show, Douglas, how much of you and of of Annabelle do you see in these actual characters? And that's a great, a great question. And I think, you know, definitely I, you know, I wrote the characters so that we could play them so that, you know, if we're, if we're starting from that place, then, yes, I definitely poured parts of us into it parts of our relationship into it you know you can't not as a writer like use your experiences because that's what you you know that's all you have um but they're definitely like heightened versions of us and they also what's what's been so fun is they are also their own people and i think in this this past this you know this production we were able to figure out more and more of who that was so i i can like look at annabelle and say oh i know who abigail is now even more just from her working on that character and figuring out pieces of of who she is and it's i mean it's so exciting as a writer but also as her husband <laughs> watch, watch this like beautiful transformation happen and um I, what i try to do most of all is just to give space within the characters for whatever actor inhabits them to figure out who they are um hmm. and yeah like he, he had a specific idea but then i think some people's performances or auditions even yeah. would convince you otherwise oh, yeah. say, oh well, right, that's actually the yeah the tone, which I think is such a cool factor in working on a new show, right. which, you know, that's, we, we heard about it with, with like other very well-known, you know, composers. They're right. like, oh, well, this person walked in the room and we were like, oh, well, we have to cast her because that's right. something that I didn't mm. even know. The, the so, yeah. And and I think it, it was also equally, it was exciting, but it was also hard for Douglas as the writer, I think, to, hmm. to do the character, but to also be a writer in the room in these rehearsals and have to kind of like, yeah, I didn't have to turn. Back, I, would have, you know? I would take so many mental notes in yeah, my head, and then I like, just have to throw them away. Turn off those notes because <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't time for it. This wasn't. We we didn't do previews. I brought a script in, and I said, "This is the script yeah. we're going to present. I'm not going to make big changes to this script mm -hmm. because it just didn't do service to the cast, to the creatives, to the piece itself." So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm very I'm really glad that yeah I'm glad that we did that. I think that was um, what I walked away with. It's like, how do you develop new musicals? Well you know, give your people the chance to succeed hmm. and you can't do constantly making changes yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, unless that's In the kind iteration. of process yeah. you want to, yeah. to have. 
unless you're okay with the end product. And the thing is now with all so many time crunches of how much time do you have to put it together? Um, you know, you have to figure out, is this a workshop? Is this a production? And yeah. we decided mm-hmm. this was a yeah. Wow. And to have consistency. Yeah. Annabelle, you mentioned something really interesting, which I think would be important to touch on because we have, you know, a lot of actors that listen to the podcast is that when you were looking at auditions and watching auditions, certain people were actually informing the characters, especially in a new, you know, because you're in yeah. a new musical world. And I know this happens a lot. Can you talk on... Uh, can you talk a little bit more on what you saw from auditions and like what really spoke to you, especially since, you know, this this show really is your baby? It's a good reminder as an artist that a lot of times it has nothing to do with your talent. It has nothing to do with your talent. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it does, of course, but a lot of the time it just it's about so, so many other factors and like there were, there were just some moments in the room, like when we were auditioning for the workshop back before like pre-pandemic. Yeah. That's an interesting you know? point too. Like our, our audition, this, pro, this production that we just did, we, um, we were able to actually pre sort of precast it because I knew most of the performers that right. were involved. Mm-hmm. So the last time we did auditions was back in 2020. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. March. I'm like thinking about like it, it, person it was in Ripley. Was it Ripley? It was in or Pearl. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> no, it was Ripley. And it was it, it was incredible, an incredible gift to sit on the other side of the table, having been yeah. in those rooms on the other other side of the yeah. table. To feel that moment where right. all of you collectively are like, that's the person. Right. And it's so unfortunate that we didn't get to do that production, production with that cast because they were all incredible. But I think, you know. Well, it, we never cast it. Yeah, we, we almost <laughs> cast it. We never actually got <laughs> but it. I think, this is the next day COVID hit. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was yeah. March 13th was the next day we were, well, we're done. But mm. with this production, like a lot of it was precast, like Douglas said, just right. with the company members that, you know, right. are doing shows in PCP and they're all incredible. But um, like one outside talent was the guy who played the devil yeah. and mm. Evan Reigns. We just didn't know if we were going to find someone with just all the personalities needed and all the talents mm. needed. And, and play the and play the and sing and act. yeah so <laughs> we, and also yeah. like from videos you know sometimes it's just hard to know and it was like it was that feeling like that what yeah. I was talking about in the room right. like we were watching and within seconds yeah I mean seconds we were like mm. oh and so the que- maybe the question is like what did he do to, to nail it yeah he made he made a clear choice mm-hmm. yeah he memorized the whole thing mm-hmm. like I'm sorry but that's impressive you yeah. know it's hard to yeah, do but right it, Right. Advice, I think, to yeah. to actors going in specifically for new work yeah. is, you know, it's OK to make a new choice because, yeah. you know, it's kind of a, hopefully it's, it's an exciting thing. You know, you're not going to make a wrong choice, I guess, because mm. the writers, you know, writers can and speaking as a writer, they don't know what they want <laughs> necessarily. And if they're a good writer. They should even if they think they know, they should be willing to think about a different idea. And so you are becoming a wonderful thing about theater is that it is it is so collaborative and so by walking into that audition room you are a collaborator what's the dream for the show i mean my dream is just to get to keep doing it i yeah. love i love doing the show i love doing it with annabelle i love how our family was able to do yeah, the show yeah. together we brought my our son yeah. and my <laughs> fam- my parents watched him while we would yeah. be in rehearsals and pretty it was a very very precious experience yeah. that may never be able to be recreated and mm. obviously not exactly that way who knows yeah but my dream for the piece is just to 
be able to to do it as many times as possible and reach as many people with the story as possible because I saw how people were touched by it in this production mm. and not from a place of vanity but just from a place of like I this I feel like this is a way I can can like be like involved people, in humanity like yeah, I want yeah. to tell people that it yeah, was such an incredible really, gift that I was given really related to the characters like really related to the relationships like yeah. saw themselves in the in the characters and like honestly that aspect of the experience alone like I I said a couple times like if it's just this that, that's yeah, okay that's kind but of like but it would be okay but I think that like the story does need to be told and so like Douglas was saying like yes as many times we can do it but I think like we are thinking like bigger we're yeah. thinking because yeah. you know like why not why not? Like why we never thought we far. So why not Broadway? Why not you know exactly. a, a tour? Right. I think we've talked about you know it'd be so great to do like a little mini tour right. like yeah. in the south like hit a lot of southeastern theaters. Yes, yeah. I think regional a regional theater tour mm-hmm. um, going to either someplace in New York or um, uh, even here in Nashville. I think yeah. it would be fantastic yeah. to do like an run because there's so many people moving here and there's. Yeah there's sort of a there, there's a, there's a lot of theater already and I think there's a, the audience is sort of prime for that so who knows but yeah. you know one of the things to come at this now from like the the theater thought point of view is like we need to find producers like we that mm-hmm. is part of part of the equation that gets shows to the next level and yeah. so right now we're actively seeking commercial producers because we've kind of decided that's the direction we want to go mm-hmm. amazing um mm-hmm. And because why not? Because this, we saw that this production was fiscally, I mean, it made money. So mm-hmm. that's sort of, that can happen, which theater shouldn't be expected necessarily to do that. I think yeah. that's not the point of theater. Um, but well, it's gone from being like a, a passion project yeah. to our brand to now like our family, like right. potential. Yeah. So right. it's like, and you, know, to... you know how it is to start your own oh, yeah. company. Like Absolutely. it takes so much work and it's like, to do a show in a big scape, like right. you need people in higher places than yeah. you. And so it's yeah. like, yes, yes, we created this piece. Yes, I wrote this piece, but it does now feel like it has a life of its own yeah. now. And it feels like our responsibility now to find <laughs> the way to move it forward. And I think that producer element is going to be, yeah, I think that'll be really because it's going to help us to reach, um, you know, a wider audience. It's going to help us uh, create connections that will tie us to multiple theaters and also New York yeah. um, in a way that will will get this show um, a larger audience so you know be able to, to speak to more and more people amazing and I can see that for sure in this next year I have really good feeling about it and I you know ask and you shall receive I think right. even you just saying right All now, you producers want producers. Yeah. like hello producers are you here are you listening hello um and you know I'm I'm here for the ride I'm y'all's biggest fan and um if there's anything else that we can do to support you um let us know right now if there's if you if we can follow you sure. guys anywhere or if there's somewhere that we can visit yes we do have an instagram at johnny and the devil's box um go follow us we're trying to pump out that content get some fun, yeah we have some fun reels i like Annabelle's, to give annabelle is in charge of our social media yeah. and she's done an incredible job like documenting you know it's this it's this fun balance of like documenting what's going on but also like trying to you know because instagram is kind of a theater space it's like how yeah. can we also give something to our audiences that feels special and feels interesting and she has just nailed it oh. so you know to give it to give it a follow you you you, you won't regret it it's really fun. I like to go behind the scenes and obviously Ollie makes a lot of appearances. He came to a lot of our rehearsals. 
um i like to take like funny videos of douglas so yeah i think i think that the of johnny devil's box is becoming a lot more like i would i would say maybe like vlog style as yeah. we like navigate yeah. keeping the show going and like we do have a tiktok as well i will I be honest i'm horrible <laughs> at tiktok it really scares me so go follow us oh, sorry this is not great start. i mean we, we have, have a website we have you a website Oh, we, there is a concept album you can listen to oh, wherever yay. you stream. I put it everywhere. So it should be Johnny and the Devil's Box, yeah, the concept album. Apple Music, YouTube, Spotify. Spotify and it's it. just 10 tracks that we actually recorded here in Nashville in our closet. In our closet. Wow. And all the other musicians, yeah. most of the musicians are Nashville-based folks that we went to college with. They recorded in their closets. It's actually, it's quite And good. Scott Wasserman, again, our music yeah. supervisor who was in New York, you know, while he's doing all the Ableton work for his Broadway shows, was putting this together. I'm so excited for you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for, for sharing your, your insight into this incredible show. And we're looking forward to what's next.